0: to The Doer's Podcast, right here on The Doer's Network. And now, here's your host, Donald Robinson
1: II. Welcome, everyone, to The Doer's Network. This is Donald Robinson II, your host. And on the line, I have Ms. Stephanie White, architect in Detroit. And we're going to talk about her life story, how she started her business, and her outlook on the things happening in Detroit, and opportunities in terms of her line of work. So, Stephanie, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you for being a part. So, Stephanie, who is Stephanie White? Tell us who you are, uh, where you grew up, your background, and some of the things you're doing currently.
0: Okay. Well, I'm an independent architect, and I own and operate my own business. I grew up in Farmington Hills, West Bloomfield, um, and... I live in Detroit now. Okay, uh, and I basically do um, houses, custom homes, renovations, additions, um, and yeah.
1: So, in terms of your profession in, in architecture, what, what what is your take on? I know a lot of people. We talk a lot about Detroit housing and the um, original homes being built in the actual city. How the Inner workings of it in terms of the the craftsmanship and everything else. What what do you think of when you when you when you go into a house and somebody gives you um they want your feedback on maybe fixing up a house or something like that? What, what's your take on the housing you see here in Detroit?
0: Well, in the city, I think. A lot of houses need a lot of work, um, so I th- it definitely depends on the stage of decay that it's in. Um, I did a house over in Corktown area, um, but it it was completely gutted. Um, so a lot of the you know the character and the features that people love to keep, you know, we can keep on the exterior, um, but a lot of times, you know, it just needs to be completely stripped on the inside. Um, which you know is totally doable and fine and great, um, and you know we're so lucky to have all of the old homes that we do have uh, in the city, um, and then also all the land that we have too to create new homes. Right. Um, right. Yeah.
1: And then and then so, in terms of all the specific services you provide, what what all what all do you do?
0: Well. As a regular architect, um, I deal a lot with the exterior and, like, the overall layout of the home. Um, However, I do get into, you know, more interior things, layouts like kitchens, bathrooms, um, and treat the house as a whole. Um, You know, and I will specify certain materials and doors and windows and, and all kinds of things like that. I don't get into so much like picking tile and things like that, but, um, the large, you know, overall structure I, I do, um, you know, if walls need to come down and I'll, you know, figure out what kind of beam needs to go in there to hold everything up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now in terms of housing, do you do, like, do you do mostly existing housing or, or are you like consulted upon new construction too, or is it, is it a mix or how does how your line of work there?
0: I do both. Um, It seems to be like renovations and and additions work really well uh, just because the internet doesn't compete with me so much. Um, You know, for new construction, it's a little bit more difficult as an architect because, you know, there's so many house plans that you can buy online and, you know, people find these, go to builders and, you know, you can kind of go that route. Okay. Um, however, you know, you can also bring me, you know, ideas that you find and like, and that can be kind of like a a starting point to, to show, you know, what you're looking for. Um, but it just seems that with additions of existing homes, that's where, you know, a lot of my work comes from.
1: Okay. How did you get started doing architecture?
0: (laughs) Well, I, um, actually Started drawing homes when I was a kid. Um, I think like around eight or nine. Um, my mom had this Architectural Digest that I would flip through, and um, there was this one house in particular, this one p- image, and I thought it was really cool. It was like a sunken living room mm-hmm. and and whatever from the 80s. But I just um, was curious what the rest of the house looked like. So I would kind of like daydream about it. And then I just started drawing one day. Um, and I just kept drawing that same house over and over and changing it, tweaking it along the way. Um, and then I just drew more houses and kept drawing houses. Wow,
1: That's great. Were you always like a creative? Did you like to, before you started, before you discovered that, did you like to draw, you know, like pictures and things like that before?
0: Yeah, um, actually, my mom um, is very artistic and we would always be painting or, you know, that would be kind of like an activity. Um, so I knew that I was good at drawing because I could draw like a, a picture that I saw and I could kind of replicate it. Yeah. Um, so I, I did feel that. And so maybe that gave me the kind of confidence to then imagine a house and then put it on paper.
1: OK. Wow, that's great. So then where did you uh, get your training and education from?
0: So I went to Lawrence Tech, but it's that's kind of an interesting story, too, because um, I originally started out at Western Michigan in fine arts. Um, And that was because when I was little and people would say, oh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say architect and they would all say like, oh, you must be really good at math. (laughs) <laughs> wow. And I I wasn't. I wasn't really good at math. I was average, I think. And, But I let that kind of get to me, so I didn't think I should be an architect. So I, um, I ended up going to fine arts, and when I was, you know, first semester in my life drawing class, I kind of, I was sitting there, and it just hit me. Like something, like a lightning bolt came and said... <laughs> this isn't for you. Mm. And so I quickly called my dad and I asked, you know, can I transfer to Lawrence tech and do architecture? And he said, well, you never know until you try. So I, um, by the next semester I was, you know, transferring my credits and, and that's how that started.
1: Okay. So, so in your training, is math really involved in architecture? Like people are saying that, but did you find that to be true or was it something different?
0: So, no, I, I don't think, I mean, I think a general understanding, and I do like math enough, you know, it, I, I'm i curious about how things, you know, work out um, and equations and things like that. But a lot of the math that I use is kind of converting dimensions or, you um, you know, like feet to inches and things like that. Okay. Um, but that's on the day-to-day. And, you know, with computers, there's all kinds of calculations that that kind of takes care of. You have to understand what you're doing, but, right. you know, I don't use equations in my day-to-day,
1: okay. you know, yeah, practice. It- because so it's like it's interesting to hear some a layperson say that to you and then now that you have all this experience like what, what were they talking about you know what i mean
0: <laughs> right i think it's just you know what people think about architects and and having to be really good at math
1: right and for me you know i've <laughs> never been an architect myself but um looking at the school of architecture where i went cuz i went to UAD and i know they were a pretty well known for their program as well it always struck me as something more creative you know, it's like you're more yeah. you're more like mm-hmm. artistic with it than, than scientific. You know what I mean?
0: Right. And and that's what's great about U of D is that they are very uh, theoretical and art based. Um, I, I really I had some friends that went through that program and I thought that was really cool. And I, I think that, you know, because I'm artistic, it, it was good for me to go to Lawrence Tech because it did, you know, put me on the more technical side of things. And then I was able to to learn the um, AutoCAD early on, and that was very helpful. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So when you wake up every day and you say to yourself, like, okay, I'm going here, I have my own business, and I'm really trying to, you know, be the best I can be in my profession, what what inspires you to do your work?
0: <sighs> um. Well, I think I really want to make the client happy. I mean, that's my number one goal is to, you know, give them what they really want. I mean, this is this is their house, their home. this it's very important to them and their daily life. Um, so I think that is, you know, and ultimately what I'm doing is trying to convey their ideas and thoughts to the builder. Um, okay. in the best way possible so I guess I I'm kind of a communicator in a way
1: yeah yeah or would you say more like a translator too or
0: Tra- yeah translator yeah through drawing though okay well and and words and writing
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and I would imagine and I you know I, I don't really know architecture myself but but just from hearing what you're saying it sounds like you also have a passion for you, you you know you're helping somebody create um an abode for themselves. Like like they know they want a house and you're there to help them build their dreams as far as housing. So it's like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's great too. Um and then in, in terms of construction and things like that, do you do you see like things on the horizon for Detroit as far as trends or were you I mean there are there are there architecture styles that you think that are prevalent now that, or something that could be of the future. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Um, you know, I, I think the, you know, things like shipping containers, um, but not just that, like the idea of that, of reusing materials that, um, you know, you can, were originally something else, turn them into building materials. I think, you know, we can do a lot with that. Um, I think we, we need to (laughs) Uh, eventually spend more time doing that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, building sustainably in the city, um, as best we can.
1: Yeah. And I know there's a couple of groups that do recycled materials from like wood from older houses or like maybe bricks and things like that. Do you see that being more of a trend too?
0: Um, I, I hope so. I mean, I know in my own practice, I just automatically assume, you know, we salvage as much as we can. You know, if, if we're relocating a window, I want to try and reuse that window yeah. or, you know, we're not just throwing everything in the dumpster.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Ho-
0: yeah, hopefully. Yeah.
1: And for all the listeners out there who are not from Detroit or the Michigan area, we have a unique juxtaposition in our city, in our region, where the housing here is, is, you know, it's almost, you know, 100 years old or at least 60 years old. But the architecture is very unique. Uh, A lot of craftsmanship has gone into building a lot of the housing and a lot of people see the value in it, which is good currently. And that is part of our resurgence in in the comeback story of the city. And I see a lot of people who have moved back to the city, like yourself, Stephanie, and other young people, and seeing the value in what we have. And like it's almost like that's a symbol of the community pulling together for the city. Because when you have it where people are taking housing and, like you said, either refurbishing it or salvaging, seeing the value in it. And that think the, the, the neglect that's been going on for so many decades is now finally turning A tide and and because we have that now you see a lot more of community activism a lot more housing activity moving in terms of people buying housing and renovating housing and you know just trying to be there and and you know like it seems like everybody now has a movement to uh, of an inspiration to try to help bring the city back together and that's what the question i want to ask you too what inspired you to come move to detroit from where you grew up in in your environment, where you where you were at before?
0: Well, a few things. So, I um, after college, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, um, and I did that because they have such great historic architecture and neighborhoods. And I always kind of had the idea that you know I would, and, and it's a much smaller city. So, the thought I had was, you know, I'll kind of learn how to work with these old buildings and then come back to Detroit and, you know, bring what I learned. So, you know, I think that that's, that's what I'm basically trying to do. I think just living down here, working down here, um, being a part of the energy, it's just, it's so motivating and exciting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How long, how long have you been downtown?
0: Uh, so it's, i have living down here just for a year. Um, I, I've been back in Michigan for four years. Okay. I was up in the suburbs, but um, it's just, there's just so much going on here. I just love walking around and being a part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's infectious. The energy is, it's, it's incredible, you know, Yeah. in many podcast episodes, I talk about it, but the thing about it is knowing that energy and seeing it finally, because there's been a lot of times where people were hoping for it and it would fizzle out, but now it's really, you, you really feel it catching on to a lot of people and, and it's a great feeling too.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, it's funny. Cause I did live here back um, in college before it was like this yeah. and just feeling the difference. The yeah. <laughs> I mean, It was like a ghost town and yep. now just, there's people everywhere. I just, uh, it's, I love it.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's like I said, it's a great feeling and great experience at this point in the city's history. And then mm-hmm. for, for you for yourself personally, did you always know that you would be a doer or entrepreneur or, you know, a business owner?
0: Um. Oh, gosh, no, I think that it scares the crap out of me and yeah. um, always has. But I think that's also what is kind of motivating me to do it. Anyway, um, I do, a lot of my family members are business owners, um, and you know, grandparents, great grandparents. So it, it kind of makes sense, but it was never like a mission I was on. Okay. Um, I, I did have a sense in starting back in college that, you know, I wasn't sure if I belonged in like a standard firm or at least my idea of a standard firm. Yeah. So the fact that I'm in this position now, it's, it is kind of fitting. Makes
1: sense. Yeah, yeah. When you say it was scary, or sometimes it is scary. What what is the scariest notion that you had that maybe have become an untruth? Like, if there was something you were scared of, let's say we first started out, mm-hmm. and then it, did you find that that was it was as scary as you thought it was, or was it something that you just probably felt because you didn't know?
0: Um, I I think it was because I didn't know. Um, so. Early on, I since college, I've been working on and off with a mentor, Tamis uh, Donaldson of Ecosite Architecture. Okay. And she um, is just like me. She's an independent architect, um, you know, residential. Uh, I basically learned everything from her. And so early on, she would talk about, you know, running and owning her own business, and I just, it just seemed. I think the idea of just being in control of everything and, and being the sole person in charge right. was, was frightening. And I think that now, um, it, it's not as bad as I thought it was, although, you know, it's definitely challenging. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot I have to learn now that, um, it, it's like, you know, I, I, spent so much time trying to be a licensed architect with all the, you know, internships and, and studying for exams, passing all the exams um, that now this past year has been focusing on my business. And, and then also just trying to balance that with, you know, a healthy lifestyle where I'm not just drowning myself in work. Right. But, yeah. I, I definitely, now that I'm kind of like working through things and especially here, being at bamboo is very helpful. Um, yeah. just seeing other people do it. I, I think when you're like, you know, surrounded by it, it, it feels much more natural.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're surrounded by people with similar mindsets and similar goals. So it's not like you're out there by yourself.
0: Exactly. Cause it can Which be very I,
1: isolating, you know what I mean? Oh,
0: it's very isolating. And that's what I had been doing. I had been Um, working at my um, apartment for, you know, a long time. Um, And I think it's just better to be around people and and in the environment that I want to create.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, in terms of, you said, um, when you were cutting your teeth, what what inspired you to go on your own versus working for like an architecture firm or anything like that?
0: Um, Well, and I have worked architecture firms that I loved. And so it's, it wasn't anything that I felt like I needed to get out of um, that for sure. Um, But it, I kind of just fell into it because, so I was living in Richmond, Virginia and wanted to move home to be closer with family. And so basically what I did is I reached out to Tamis and asked if she needed any help On any projects and she uh, gave me a house to work on and then and that's how it all happened so it basically started out as kind of like a freelance um, contractor type thing and since then I've added on you know other architects and designers I still work with the architecture firm as a contractor from Virginia Um, and so yeah I just I feel like, you know, I kind of was given this opportunity and now I'm trying to develop it into, you know, a business.
1: Well, I commend you for your efforts and, you know, much success to you. You know, you're already on the path to success. And also, I'm glad you decided to set up shop downtown Detroit and be part of the bamboo family and all that good stuff. Because I think that, that you're well on your way with just those resources alone. I mean, the support you get. Um the encouragement I'm sure you've gotten the business you've gotten from the network in downtown. You know, I I know, I know you'll be great. And and in housing, we always going to need somebody with that mind and that talent. So thank you so much for being a part of the resurgence because that's important too.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Now in terms of other people out there who are listening, who may be inspired to or thinking about being an entrepreneur or a leader, what what kind of advice would you give them?
0: Uh, um, I think number one would be just don't listen to the naysayers because I think it goes back to, you know, all the people that made me think I had to be good at math and it turned out that wasn't the case. So, right. you know, just, I think, listen to your intuition and follow, you know, what you think is right. And if, if, if it's something that you really want to do then you'll make it happen
1: yeah yeah that's great advice great great advice so in terms of bamboo detroit how did you come across bamboo
0: bamboo um my colleague uh nicole i'll Shake, um sent me the link in an email and so i i had been working at my apartment like i said and felt like I needed to be around people but I didn't think that I could afford a co-working space. Okay. So when I looked up Bamboo and I saw okay, well, I guess it's doable and I I came to visit the space and I loved you know the the windows and just it just seemed like such a great place to work and the next day I was <laughs> under contract.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you look at the Madison building, what do you think about it? I think that's a very beautiful, unique building. What do, you, what do you? What's your take on the architecture of that building?
0: I mean, I just love, like I said, like the large open spaces and, you know, the detail on the exterior and the location is great on Washington Boulevard. Yeah. It's just,
1: yeah.
0: I, I can't really say anything bad about it.
1: Yeah. And just... The in, I mean just just it's hard to describe. I know what you mean because with Detroit architecture, the the craftsmanship and the energy—it's like you feel an energy in the buildings themselves, and just being able to examine that and be be able to touch and feel that, you know. I'm, oh yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, you can feel it. I mean, even just walking in the lobby, they've got the history on boards. Um yeah. and yeah, I just. I love history, so I love learning about the people um, who created it.
1: Yeah, and then in terms of since you you've come back and you setting up shop downtown, what do you think are some of the specific opportunities and strengths of locating in Detroit as a business owner?
0: Um, Well, there's just so many free things that I had no idea existed, like meetup groups and programs, panels, discussions, like yeah. all these things going on. And, you know, you can walk from one place to the next and it's, it, you know, so easy to get around the, the parking, you know, which I think before I lived down here, I thought parking was an issue, but now it's so easy to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say just all, all of the things going on that are, free I mean, Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I just i mostly do free things that's why i say that
1: <laughs> oh yeah i mean you got to as an entrepreneur you got to be creative and even with your own business survival you know
0: yeah
1: and then the other thing i mean with so many things going on like um all the activities at campus marshes like you had the the fridays down at the beach thing you know and just mm-hmm. the activity it, it's just it's a nice feeling to be a part of that because you it's like you're part of a it's it's not an exclusive club because it's open to the public, but it feels exclusive because of all the stuff that's going on. And you're right there in the middle of it, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's art installations and all these things, people coming from the suburbs and opportunities to, you know, meet for dinner and walk around. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And now it's getting to the point on the weekends you can barely find a place to park. I know a lot of times I might come down, frequently or you know every now and then but then trying to find a place to park it takes me from it, it was a time that take me five minutes it's taking me 15 minutes now you know
0: mm-hmm. I know that's why I, I love that I can just leave my house and not even drive
1: yeah that, and that's great too yeah absolutely yeah. now what what's your take on the entrepreneurship scene in Detroit as a whole we talked a little bit before about the past a few years ago how it was so what's your take on it in terms of Where it is now, and then where you see it going in terms of people and getting involved and things like that?
0: Well, I think it started out with probably quick and loans and all of that. Um, But now I think it's heading towards um, the smaller people like me, where, you know, with these co working spaces, it's affordable to. Like, I I just I'm blown away that as a single woman (laughs) that I can afford an apartment, downtown Detroit and an office, walk to work every day. Like, you know, the fact that it's affordable to me and doable, I I think is just I don't know. It should bring lots of small businesses down here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because we still have a little ways to go with more occupancy now than it used to be in the past. And we probably still have, you know, a few buildings. I know they're renovating some buildings, still the older, you know, historical buildings, but do you see, um, I guess for lack of a better phrase, do you see a more eclectic group mix of entrepreneurs at some point? Cause it seems like it's headed in that direction. So it's like, what do you, what do you see in terms of like maybe the mix of entrepreneurs and maybe some of the kinds of businesses you see may pop up down there?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um especially just because um you know with the internet and you can pretty much, you know, work anywhere and do anything. Um that yeah, it's it's not your typical business person. Um and and like tech, uh, you know, app developers and and things like that. I know that that's really big. I've been seeing a lot of that that I I wasn't really aware of. Um, yeah. And I know that there's lots of opportunity, you know, um, to learn, to, you know, go straight from high school and go straight into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now that you mentioned that, too, um, with technology pretty much touching basically almost every other industry in our society. How do you think technology has helped your business in terms of the architecture industry?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing is probably the 3d rendering um, ability that we can, you know, make something look so lifelike in the computer so that, you know, clients often have a really hard time reading floor plans or looking at what we call an elevation, which is just a flat drawing of like, say the front of a building. But, um, and it's, it's hard to explain to walk someone through. But if you can fly through a 3D model, yeah. th- then, you know, I, that's usually a lot easier for them to see.
1: And I would think that would be pretty cool, too, even as an end user, because with your creativity, you're using the 3D rendering. And then me as a customer, I'm visual. I'm, my vision is coming to f- almost not to, total fruition, but I can see it clearly with the rendering because it's like a it's almost you in between thing where I, it's in my head. I don't know, but then now that I see it, then I can get more creativity in what I want, you know, and then you're helping the client get to that point too with that way, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I think it can also save you money in the long run, you know, it might take a little bit more time up front in the design process, but I mean, if you can see it, then you're not waiting for it to be built to, to then realize like, Oh, that actually doesn't look right. Let's switch it.
1: Right. 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 And you could change it up and things like that. And, you know, it wouldn't cost you anything to change the design, you know, as opposed to constructing it, then you got to go back and do more work. um, That's more costly. I know that's probably the way it's been done in the past, but now Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's it's saving you is cheaper and it's more creative on the front end too. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, that is definitely the way our business is heading is kind of, um, you know, working closely with contractors as architects um, yeah. to do more kind of a design build yeah. uh, scenario than the traditional, um, you know, where a client finds an architect and you design and the, and then you build it. Um, but again, that, you know, can waste a lot of time and money. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for for people who are thinking about in the Detroit area, getting involved with the ecosystem, the entrepreneurship scene, what advice would you give them about just how to get involved with everything?
0: Um, I think probably the easiest way would be just to attend some of these meetups and, and meet some of these people. Um, I find that that's very helpful. Um, And then if you, if you are looking for a place to work, I mean, that I think is huge, just working in the co-working space. Um, but then there's things like, you know, Startup Week um, yep. is in June. I that kind of blew me away too with all the programming there that was free for an entire week. Sure. Um, so there's lots of events like that, but even just every every week there's a meetup or something.
1: Right, and for those who are listening involved, please. To get involved, take heed to that advice. That's a great nugget of advice because even for myself, um, a few years a few years ago, I, I got involved in what I'm doing. That's what I exactly what I did. I went to every meetup I could to try to expand the network of my personal network as fast as I could. And and I'll tell you folks from my own personal experience, it worked. It helps because it's also about building relationships. And like Stephanie said, you know, once you're getting in a, in a space like Bamboo Detroit you're seeing a lot of people doing the same thing you're doing and it, and it creates a, a family network that you're have that you have a support system for whatever you're doing um mm-hmm. and what I like about the bamboo family too is that it's not just one set of type of entrepreneurs it's, it's an eclectic group of many different type of people like with yourself and other people who own businesses they may build apps or they may have a staffing service or they may have a, a, a creative service you know what I'm saying so it's just so much a nice mix of, of different people. So then that helps if anybody needs help, they have a resource to turn to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like I just happen to sit next to a structural engineer and wow. you know, who knows, maybe we'll team up on a project one yeah.
1: day. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, So we got a few minutes more to, before we wrap it up. So Stephanie, do you have contact information? If people want to get in contact with you?
0: Yes, I just launched my website, which, you know, still needs some information, but it will at least take you to all my different, you know, hows and Instagram and all that um, LinkedIn. So my website is swa-detroit.com and all my contact info is on there.
1: Okay. All right. So with that being said, Ms. Stephanie White, thank you so much for your time being on the Doers Network. We appreciate you and hopefully we see big things for you in the very near future.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: No problem at all. So once again, folks, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Doers Network where actives grow and thrive. Thanks for listening to our interview with Stephanie White. For more information, you can go to her website which is SWA Detroit.com. Again, that's SWA Detroit.com. There you will find all her contact information. So if you need any architectural services, please contact Stephanie today. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. If you would like to support our podcast, you can become a sponsor of the Doers Network. We have gold, silver, and bronze packages available. If you have a business you would like to promote, you'll be able to reach over 10,000 listeners around the world each month at your fingertips. So if you want to reach our audience of founders, CEOs, innovators, and leaders, Become a sponsor today. For more information, email us at info at We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at familydetroit.com.